Welcome back. It's episode number four of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. My name is Dan Ball. This is Tyler Brocious. What up? How are you, Tyler Brocious? I'm great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing well. It was a good week, good weekend. It's uh, fall. Of- it's it- officially fall. Oh my God, thank God. I'm in a jumpsuit now. <laughs> I've been in a vest twice this weekend. I It's the happiest I've ever been. Yeah, it's finally not 80 degrees in October. Uh, it's finally getting cool, and we're getting to that point that you mentioned last week is uh, kind of the best the best spot right at the end of the fall sports, beginning of winter sports, that transition between the two. Uh, we're getting close to playoffs and all that kind of fun stuff. So we are going to get right into our episode here, episode number four, with the look back at the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. All right, uh, we're going to start. With the cross-country teams, the men's cross-country team finished 16th out of 20 teams at the Princeton Invitational. Uh, Michael Kieran, though, he finished first for the Bobcats by crushing his personal record time in the 8K. PR! Just a little uh, over 24 minutes for him. He finished 18th overall. The Bobcats will travel to New Britain, Connecticut, so just up 91, to compete in the Central Connecticut State University Mini-Meet. That's the cutest name of anything I've seen this year. CCSU Mini-Meet. Meet. It's like beep beep. <laughs> That'll be on October 19th. Uh, on the other side, the women's team finished 17th out of 22 teams at the Princeton Invitational. Caitlin Bacchus finished first for the Bobcats with a 22:31 time in the 6,000 meter. The Bobcats will compete at the CCSU Mini Meet on October beep, beep. 19th. So both teams going to the cute Mini Meet in New Britain, Connecticut. Beep, beep. <laughs> Uh, men's tennis, uh, they completed action at the 2018 ITA Regionals on Saturday. Uh, that was in Princeton. Freddie Zaretsky earned a singles victory over Yale's Dylan King in the consolation round. And Alistair Magalit fell in main draw singles play versus Bryant's Matt Kuhar. So both of those guys getting action in. Uh, the men's tennis team is off until the weekend of November 2nd when they take part in the Connecticut State Championships at Yale. For the women's side, uh, the Quinnipiac women's tennis team also participated in the 2018 ITA regionals on Thursday and Friday at Yale as five Bobcats saw action over the course of the first two days. Dominique Vasili dropped a tightly contested main draw event in singles play. Camilla Nella fell in a close battle during qualifying singles action, and both Quinnipiac doubles teams fell during day two action on Friday. So a lot of players getting in there. The women's team finishes their fall slate today when they travel to UConn to do battle with the Huskies over to women's golf. They are currently on the day that we are recording this podcast at the Brown Bear Invitational in Seekonk, Mass. Uh, They're currently in the second round of competition and next weekend they're headed to the Delaware Invitational for their final fall competition of the year. Yeah, and Elena Lopez, the freshman, has been really, really strong for them so far. Queenie went out yesterday, shot a 72. She's up there. I think she was currently tied for fourth. The team's tied for third. They're having a really good tournament battling. You know, it's been misty. It's been damp. It's cold. Not great weather conditions for a a golf match. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Coach John O'Connor has to love their compete level. They should have a really strong finish today. Right heading into the Delaware Invitational. So make sure you keep an eye on QuinnipiacBobcats.com for the final results uh, for both team and individual play on that. 
Women's rugby got back on track. They dominated in an 85-3 win over Brown at home. The Bobcats were led offensively by freshman Clara Lamal Brown, who scored four tries on the day. So the Bobcats moved back to 3-3, three and three, Brosh, and they really showed why they're a national contender on Saturday. It felt like that moment where everything started to click, and that's what you want at this time of the year. Sure, you would love things to click day one, day two, but if you're going to have things click as you get to the louder part of your schedule, that's where good teams strive. Remember, it's not always the teams that are the best in August. It's the teams that are the best in late October, early November, and they're shaping up to be that. They played really strong against Harvard after having two victories, just fell short after the Roscoff tribe a minute ago, and they came out and dominated from the get-go. And I think the player to watch, not only Clara Lamal Brown and Margot Vela, who's all these freshman impact, but another one, McKenna Haas has been on fire. She has 10 conversions and those extra two points. It's kind of like extra points in after touchdowns in football. They don't mean anything until you have someone that can't make them. And for them, you can guarantee almost that two points. If it's in a good spot, that's the funky thing with tries that that once you cross the line, you still want to get in a good position for a conversion. And they've been really strong. Haas also with a try as well. 85 to three. That's the momentum you want. That's what you want really driving this team in late October. And we talked to Emily Roscoff earlier in the year, and we've talked about it, the two of us, when, when we've been doing our rundowns, that, you know, this was a younger team. Some of their impact players, like a Clara Lamal Brown, that'll take you a good quarter of a season, half of a season to really get into the groove of things. But I mean, an 85 to three win, you can tell that this team is is ready to go come tournament time. Yeah. And to go off that, I think the crazy thing was you would expect, you know, Becky Carlson, Mika Maples, Emily Roscoff to be upset after loss at, in, against Harvard and Dartmouth to right. start the season. They smiled. They knew that this was a process and it was all about getting yourself in the position to really compete in November. I remember Mika Maples after the Dartmouth game, she said, this is all for us to play our best rugby come November, and it looks like they're getting towards that. They head to University Park, PA to battle Penn State this coming weekend in their second-to-last game of the regular season. Flipping over to women's field hockey, they dropped a Big East contest against Providence by a score of 6-2 over the weekend before falling in a close contest, a non-conference game against Yale on Sunday. The score of that was 3-1. They are home for two games this week, Old Dominion on Friday and then Sacred Heart on Saturday, but they're playing that game at Johnson Field in New Haven. So if you want to see them in Hamden, that's on Friday. They're in New Haven on Sunday. Over to the volleyball team, they dropped three MAC contests on Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday, all by a 3-1 to margin, so keeping those competitive. They finish a seven-game road trip today at Siena before returning home this weekend for matches against St. Peter's and Ryder. Yeah, and it should be interesting. That team's been on the road what feels like forever. Yeah. To return home, I think they'll have eight straight home matches starting this weekend, and that's what you want. You want the home crowd rate. Reaching, as we mentioned, it's tournament time. You're going to get to that point where every win is crucial, and they're going to have a really get that home crowd and have some really good momentum behind them as they finish out the rest of the season. Looking to turn the tides there on home court is the volleyball team coming up this weekend. Men's soccer, they beat Siena 1 0 in an overtime game. Eamon Whalen scored his fifth goal of the year at 98 23 to propel the Bobcats to their sixth straight win at the time. That was an electric game. We talked about it. That team was really starting to catch fire at that point. 
After that, they dropped a close game, one nothing at Iona on Saturday, but still another close match for the men's soccer team. They are looking to rebound today with a game at home against Ryder, of course, playing all those Wednesday home games like you mentioned. Uh, and then on the weekend, they are heading to Fairfield to do battle on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and that's the funky thing. You know, they know how big of a competition there always is with Fairfield. It's always under their lights. They are used to that. Max semifinals rematch. You can't overlook Ryder. And I think that's a lot of things with those sneaky Wednesday games. It should be a great matchup. Should be a fun one to watch. So if you're there, get out and go cheer on the Bobcats. Women's soccer, they tied Canisius 1-1 last Saturday. Selena Salas scored her third goal of the year. She has nine points on the year, tied for second on the team with Lauren Triglione, former podcast guest, not a big what deal. Up? Uh, they out-attempted Canisius 28-4 and outshot them 15-2. So they held uh, a great deal of the offensive advantage in that one, but ended in a tie. They are at Ryder today before returning home to do battle with Marist on Saturday. And then the final teams that were in action over the weekend, the men's hockey team came from behind to beat Vermont by a score of three to two on the road. Chase Prisky tied the game at two with a goal from the point at 1741 of the third. Odin Tufto then broke the tie with just 16 seconds remaining. Keith Petrozelli picked up the win in net. So the men's hockey team cooking already. They're one and oh on the young season. Yeah, it was funny. We were all sitting around hanging out Saturday night, watching a little bit of the game, a little bit of the Red Sox game. And I looked down at Twitter and I went, Rand pulled him. Like, who wants to guess the time? And I think it was like with 236, something around there left. Yeah. And that's why you do it. You get somebody else out there, made an opportunity. Prisky puts it home. And then 16 seconds left, it's that duo of Prisky and Tufto. Tufto's really come under the captain's wing, wants to learn from him. And he just it just snipes when unbelievable snipes. Nobody's yeah. going to stop that. Yeah. And, you know, I would say you get a little bit of luck, but when you have skill like Tufto, drills it home. And that's. That makes that four-hour trip a lot easier. Turns it, yeah, in in the span of roughly two and a half minutes from a long <laughs> bus ride to now you get to celebrate a little, yeah, a little bit. bit. Yeah, a little bit of smiles. Uh, good come from behind win for the men's hockey team. So uh, we're recording this on Monday afternoon. So the men's hockey team is in action uh, on Tuesday. So there, we'll have a result by the time this episode goes up. So make sure you check QuinnipiacBobcats.com and follow the men's hockey team on Twitter for updates on the UConn game. But after that, they will host Boston College on Friday. So two home games coming up for the Bobcats and yeah and I think we are trying to pack that place with as many gold shirts make sure Quinnipiac Athletics the marketing staff is selling shirts all this week in the student center probably can get them before the game it, it's really cool we're gonna try to get as much gold that Quinnipiac gold as we can to take over the spot on Friday for what should be a really really fun atmosphere on the other side of the ice, the women's hockey team also went up to Gutterson Fieldhouse this weekend. They earned a pair of ties against the Catamounts. Game one on Friday ended in a 1-1 tie with Taylor House scoring the lone goal for the Bobcats. And if you haven't seen this goal on Twitter yet or on the Vermont Catamounts page on their YouTube Make sure you go check it out. Two yeah. toe drags and bar down, shorthanded against three defenders. Yeah, and it was funny. Uh, Maggie Pruitt, our um, sports information contact for our office, she was awesome. She, we were laughing at our morning meeting today. She was like, um, Vermont finally sent me over the footage. So there's going to be a couple of fun angles for us to really play with on social media this week. Absolutely bananas goal. Yeah. You know, if it's not shorthanded, then you add in the fact that it's shorthanded. And right. It's a 1-1 tie. Like, that's crucial. House is still playing strong for this team, and it should be interesting as she gets rewarded with ECAC Player of the Week this week, and along with Courtney Vorster, who wins Rookie of the Week. So good job there by the Bobcats. You know, those recognitions aren't what you're playing for, but it's always a nice little kick, you know, in the butt. It says, you know what, you're doing the right thing. Keep it up. Keep working. 
as the Bobcats, you know, come back with two ties there. Bobcats, uh, yes, taking home the hardware, as Broche mentioned. Taylor House gets the ECAC Player of the Week nod, uh, while Courtney Vorster gets the ECAC Rookie of the Week nod. And that is because on Game 2 on Saturday, it was a 3-3 tie. Uh, Randy Marcon, Taylor House, and Courtney Vorster all scoring. Vorster's goal came uh, with less than a minute remaining, 32 seconds to be exact, in the third period. Uh, the Bobcats came back from a 3-1 to deficit to tie the game, and Vorster's goal from the point was the first of her career. So congratulations to her uh, getting that. The Bobcats kick off ECAC play in two weeks' time with games against Brown and Yale on October 26th and 27th. Those games are games number one and two of a seven-game homestand that goes until Thanksgiving when the Bobcats go to the Nutmeg Classic at Yale. So a lot of home cooking coming up for uh, the Bobcats women's hockey team in October and November, so make sure you come out to the rink to support them. That was the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. Today on the show, we have two runners for you from the men's and women's cross-country team. Beat, keep running, running, and running, <laughs> running. Hey. So today on the show, we are talking to the two MAC runners of the week. That's Tommy Consalvo and Morgan Voigt. Tommy finished 13th overall at the New England Championships to lead the Quinnipiac men's cross-country team to a 7th place team finish. Morgan, meanwhile, took 12th place overall at those same championships to lead Quinnipiac to a 3rd place finish, which is the best finish for the Bobcats at New England's since 2015. So, very successful couple weeks there for Tommy Consalvo and Morgan Voigt helping to lead their team. And I got a chance to talk to them about what it takes to be a cross-country runner in college. What do they need to do during the week to prepare for it? What kind of diets are they following to make sure that their bodies are staying healthy? And all the things that kind of go into being a cross-country runner at a Division One college. So, without any further ado, let's talk to the two of them. And we're back here on episode number four, the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. And we're joined by not one, but two MAC runners of the week, Tommy Consalvo and Morgan Voigt. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Uh, and congratulations, of course, on the honor. Um, so, of course, we want to we want to ask both of you guys. Um, you ended up at Quinnipiac. You guys are both juniors. Um, either one of you can start. What was the process? How did you get to Quinnipiac and come to run here? Um, well, one of my uh, teammates, Tyler Mannion, ran at Quinnipiac. We went to the same high school. And um, he told me it was a great group of guys up here, and I knew they had a good health science program, and I knew I was looking to study, like, physical therapy or something along those lines. So I went on an official visit, loved the guys, loved the atmosphere, and I was on my way to Quinnipiac, pretty how, much. How important was that, was that major in finding the right one for you? Um, it was definitely important. I mean... I do. I, I do. I'm very interested in, I mean, the human body and the whole physiology, anatomy of it. So I knew I wanted to do something along those lines. Still, uh, still not sure what I'm going to do with my life, but <laughs> Quinnipiac is who, definitely who really uh, is right, right. now. Honestly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Quinnipiac definitely made it easier on me. Yeah. And yeah. Morgan, how about yeah. you? Um, I can say the same. I originally looked at Quinnipiac because of the uh, 3 plus 3 PT program. So I knew that's the program I wanted to go into. And uh, once I toured the school, I fell in love with the team and the coach. Uh, and it all just kind of clicked. I love uh, the location of the school and the size. Uh, so, yeah, it just happened, and it works, and I love it. So Both both love it so far, smiling as you describe Quinnipiac as the, the school that you ended at. But um, So the one thing that, that I'm really curious, and I mean – you know, depending on different athletes, you have different things that you, you do during the day uh, and you do to get ready for your season. So 
what is a what does the summer look like for the both of you guys and getting ready? You're both going into your junior years. What does the summer look like for for training and getting ready for the season? The summer, um, honestly, the summer is what like can make or break your season come fall. Um, I, I can't speak for Tommy's training. His is probably a lot longer than mine, so I can't even complain. But um, <laughs> we do a lot of summer mileage uh, and workouts over the summer to prepare for the season to like build that foundation. Um, you have anything? Yeah, I mean, like Morgan said, uh, summer can you can win championships in the summer pretty much. It's all about building that base and getting your strength back coming into the season. So you're ready to go. You're ready to take on workouts, take on big races. It's um, it's where the foundation's built up, and you put in a lot of mileage. So very important. So when you get here to school, what does an average what does an average week look like for you guys? And this is this is not just working out and practicing, but you know what you're taking in in terms of carb loads, thing, things like that. What does your average week look like? Um, I mean, if we're talking if we're talking diet, I'm eating all day. I mean, <laughs> I, I got snacks in my backpack. I mean, I got like I probably got four Cliff bars in my backpack right now, waiting for me <laughs> later. So. Um, yeah, I'm fueling up all day, getting ready for practice, and that's during class, in between classes, and um, in the library when I'm, you know, not in class. I'm working just to keep up, stay ahead. So it, it's busy, but I try to, I try to get the calories in for sure. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally to like go off of what Tommy said. I totally agree. Like diet um, and sleep, like the little things you do are the most important. Um, I'm really crazy about my diet um like he said i think i have like five granola bars in my bag right now um because you have to make sure you're constantly like replenishing your body um it's fuel stores and everything so yeah i make sure uh, to try to stay ahead in school work get enough sleep eat eat as best i can um the exceptional ice cream every now and then <laughs> you yourself but yeah. What do you guys? Because now both of you guys, you're um, you're obviously very uh, intensive in your schoolwork as well as being an athlete. So what are you doing to to manage your time and making sure that you're getting all your assignments done, things like that? Well, time management is everything. It really is. It's everything. Um, I feel like we both do a pretty good job of balancing like our schoolwork and um, our work athletically. Yeah. Um, I, th I think, <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely a lot of time in the live in Arnold Bernard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, us being juniors, we kind of know the process by now. We know how to manage our time, and us both being physical therapy majors or along those lines, um, we both know how it works, and we've 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 able to work our we've able to schedule ourselves so we're not overloading ourselves. Right. And um, yeah, we're just experienced enough to know. I think. Are you guys, are you now trying to help the, the freshmen and sophomores figure out what works for their schedule and, and things like that? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. I know definitely. me, for me at least, I had a tough freshman year figure, figuring out scheduling and how to manage my time, and I definitely overloaded myself, so okay. I'm, I'm oh, me too. telling yeah. the freshmen not to do that. It's, <laughs> such a, it's such a learning curve and a transition, especially like being a student athlete and having a hard major, like coming into college. It's a lot to take on. Um, yeah. But it, it gets better with time, and you, you learn how to manage your schedule. Oh, yeah. So. What, do, what, do you tell, what do you tell them? Um, I, tell, I tell the freshmen to make, make time for yourselves and to treat yourselves every once in a while because, obviously, doing a Division One sport on top of the academics is a really tough thing, no doubt. And you want to make sure you're doing things you enjoy now and then, and it's not just work, work, work all the time. Right. 
Um, now, Tommy, I know you got to go to practice. So uh, <laughs> before I let you go, um, I'm going to ask you the three questions that we always ask our guests at the end. These are the real thinkers that get your, your brain pumping, okay? All right, hit me, hit me. All right, so uh, first question, if you could live anywhere in the world that isn't Hamden, Connecticut, where would it be and why? Yeah. All right. We don't mess um, around. I would say Outer Banks, North Carolina. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. Explain yeah. me that one. I mean, me and the Outer Banks go way back. I mean, that's where the, all the family vacations were. So I have good history there. Just great memories there. I mean, I'm a big beach guy. I love the ocean. And um, I could just see myself with my tea sitting out on the balcony overlooking the ocean. So, Man. yeah. That's, in, that's me. In October, in the the cold season that's hitting Hamden right now, that sounds that sounds oh, yeah. pretty good. Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, uh, second question: If you could have dinner with one person, alive or deceased, who would it be and why? Hmm. It would have to be. Oh man. Yep. You, this oh. could be a family member, somebody famous, Wayne Gretzky. You know, you never know. I mean, I'd just say my mom. Okay. You know, I love nice. my mom. I love nice. I love talking to my mom. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love that. All right. And the last one. Uh, you are on death row. Uh, what is your last meal? Dinner, drink, and dessert. This could be All something right. local. This could be. And now also Morgan's getting a chance to think about this when I ask her in a little bit. <laughs> All right. I got a Mo's burrito to start off with dinner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's going in it? <laughs> uh, Mo's burrito. Um, I'm going to go vegetarian. So probably just beans, um, guac, a little queso, and um, lettuce, salsa, all okay. that good stuff. Nice. Um, chips. And um, for dessert, I would think a, a Chick-fil-A milkshake. Ooh man. Okay. Yeah. All that's right. that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And I, Have you had their frozen lemonades before? No, never. Okay. Never. They're, it's kind of like a. It's almost like a mix of a milkshake and a lemonade. Oh, okay. It's yeah. It's okay. Again, I'm not gonna ruin your ruin your final meal. I'm no. just saying if you're looking to mix it up, I would I would ten gotta, out of ten recommend. I gotta educate myself. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. The, the the fast food education here runs deep. Uh, okay. okay. And let's see. So that was that was the drink or the dessert. That was the dessert. Okay, so yeah, that can I mean it could double as your drink too. But okay. unless you want to just throw like something else in there, you know, I'm gonna for a separate a separate drink. I'm just gonna go Powerade, orange Powerade. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what I normally get with my Moe's meal. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so, just the yeah, how so I roll. So you're still still replenishing the electrolytes and things like that. Yeah, always thinking about your... always thinking about the next day. Gotta yeah. be hydrated, obviously. <laughs> well, Tommy, go to practice. I don't want to make you late. Thank you for All joining right, us, man. Thank you very much. Okay, All right, Morgan, you're the, you're the last one left. Um, so I wanted to ask you specifically because when I, when I was doing my extensive research, okay. um, it said that you, are com you were completely new to the sport of cross country when you came into college. I was. So, so talk to me. I mean, first, first, what made you then come in and decide, okay, I'm going to do cross country in college? And what's the transition been like from a, from running track to now running cross country yeah so as i was telling you earlier yeah. i avoided cross country like the plague <laughs> in high school because i was more of a middle distance runner uh, at heart so the thought of running three miles i was like absolutely not um but then when i was recruited here for track uh coach was like oh so like all of our milers they all do cross country so like i'd really like if you do it and i was like you know i don't want to be set behind everyone uh so i might as well i might as well try it out um it was definitely a huge transition for me for sure um I'm just not used to doing like that high of mileage, uh, but it, I love the girls. I love the team. Uh, the coaches were super understanding and uh, very help, helpful in my transition, and I love it. So 
we're hey we're, we're having this conversation yeah so that's it, right it couldn't yeah. have been too shabby it, it, yeah <laughs> it hasn't been an issue yet um i mean what so what changes in your in your training have you had to made have you had to make to kind of get yourself ready for for a new challenge like yeah, this yeah so i've definitely taken on a lot more of endurance training a lot more mileage because in high school i was more speed based because uh, i was more of like 800 miler but now uh, i'm more of like a 3000 5k runner so a lot more mileage um whether it be running or cross training that kind of thing okay yeah this is all this is all kind of new to me, so I'm I'm, I'm learning <laughs> I'm learning as you're telling me, but oh, it's um, all good. It's learning experience for me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, so I I, I want to kind of move move away from running for a moment. So it says also that you're uh, you're a volunteer at the American Red Cross Cross and St. Michael's Parish. So these are two two different things that you're volunteering your time for. So I mean, first of all, what what are you doing for for both of those? Oh, okay, well. Um I actually, at home, I live right across the street from a church, so I'm very, like, involved in the parish, and I'm actually a master of ceremony, so I, like, help out with the ceremony. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, at the church and everything. I really take it my priest is the best. <laughs> um, and then, throughout high school, I volunteered at the Red Cross. Uh, I don't know if you've ever given blood, but, like, afterwards, you have to get snacks to, like, replenish um, your sugars and everything, and I was, like, that person that, like, sat with you and, like, gave you your snacks. Oh, <laughs> um, you were the so, best person oh, in that it building. Was, it was great. I gave out <laughs> juice and Oreos. Everyone loved me. It was the, awesome. The, the smiles yeah. that you probably <laughs> saw from people, like, oh, thank God, just give me the cookie. I need it. That's, okay, so that that's what you you were doing. So so what made you, for both of those, what, what made you want to get involved with them? Oh, I think it's super important to get involved in the community um, and just to broaden your horizons and it honestly was very rewarding like both um, volunteering opportunities I got to meet so many people I learned so much so yeah yeah that's no that's <laughs> that yeah it's I mean so I I do want to uh I do want to ask you the same questions, questions. the okay. same the same now I get I gave you a chance to think about it time. um quickly before we do though I do want to ask so you are so um you are a physical therapy major mm. junior year you are now about to graduate and then and then uh, go on with your three and three program. So, where do you see your where do you see yourself um, coming out of college? What do you wh- what do you see yourself? What do you want to do? Oh, so I actually um, want to go into neuro PT. So I want to work um, with amputees and people who have suffered from like spinal cord injuries and brain injuries, such as strokes and everything. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What 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 about that makes it so appealing for you um, for a career? Well, I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do. I worked at an orthopedic outpatient clinic this summer, um, which was awesome. And I learned a lot. But um, in my future career, I definitely want to be challenged. And I did some shadowing at a neuro rehab facility in Boston. And I, like, fell in love with it. Um, it's just – it's very different. And it's definitely a challenge. It's very involved. But um, I want a job where I'm constantly kept on my toes. So Oh, that'll yeah. – <laughs> that, that should do that, yeah. So what would you gain from the shadowing? What was that experience like? Oh, it was amazing. Um I learned so much about like my future career in just about like the human body in general. Um, and yeah, there's even like this whole like exoskeleton thing that taught people how to walk and the therapists were great. Yeah. So I gained connections, which is always, always helpful. That is huge. Yeah. yeah. The, the numbers in the hands that you shake at the end is, is, is very important for, exactly. for the years coming up. Okay. I've been, I've gone around it long enough. So I'm going to ask you the same exact questions that I asked Tommy. Uh, you could live anywhere in the world. That is not Hamden, Connecticut, because obviously if you got mm-hmm. your choice, it would be here. Where oh, would it be? clearly. Yes, yeah, where would it <laughs> Love be? Love Hamden, Connecticut. Um, <laughs> oh, definitely Colorado. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I'm a huge hiker. Oh, okay. Um, so being in the Rockies, it's actually where I, I plan on moving someday. Um, so being in the Rockies and just hiking and being in that kind of environment um, is definitely what I want. Yeah. Out- outdoors and, yeah, getting a oh, chance to. Oh, for sure. That mm-hmm. would be in the Rockies. That would be fantastic. Okay. Uh, next question. You can have dinner with someone 
alive or deceased. You could also do one of each if there if you can't make the decision. But who would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is hard. This is really hard. Yes. Um, probably Emma Coburn. She's like the world steeplechase uh, champion. Okay. And I don't. Know, I really look up to her as an athlete and as a person. Um, it'd be really great to like pick her brain and see what she has to say. Wow. So I'd probably pick her. Okay. Yeah. And then when you're having this dinner, say you're on death row, um, what would it be? Dinner, drink, and dessert. Oh, honestly. I know I was really thinking about it. We were asking Tommy, and I yes. would forego the whole dinner. I would just have a giant ice cream sundae. <sighs> That's what I would do. With like Man. we're talking like brownies, ice cream, oh, hot yeah. fudge, peanut butter, like the whole nine yards. Yeah, like that. You yeah. need like a, a full like salad that's, bowl that's, size. That's what I'm saying. Like okay. If, if I'm going out, I'm going out right. Do you even need <laughs> a drink, or are we just we just <laughs> no, all we need is the, right the <laughs> all we need is the ice cream? Okay. <laughs> the only thing we could possibly consider is like a milkshake on maybe, the side maybe, for more maybe, ice cream. Yeah, if I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, well, Morgan, thank you so much for for joining us, and, and good luck with everything for the rest of the year. Oh, Congratulations also. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. So thanks for joining us here on episode number four of the Quinnipiac Athletics podcast. And before we go, my co-host Tyler Brocious has something he'd like to say to the fans. Uh, I This is it. This will be my last podcast with Dan for... Quinnipiac, it's sad but happy news all around. Um, Friday's my last day with Quinnipiac Athletics, and after six years of working in the department, it's it's like leaving your family a little bit out of the nest. I've accepted a full time role somewhere else, so stay tuned to my Twitter and you know my social media. I'll be probably announcing that as soon as it becomes really official, and I couldn't be more thankful for all the opportunities. Every single coach that has given me the opportunity to travel with their team and stick a phone in their face and write every recap and do a lot of fun things and all the thanks to Nick Serbinski, Kevin Noonan, who's really allowed me to have some fun with it. Nick Solar, even when he was here as a GA, he gave me the keys to the car and told me to drive and the media group um, will be still around. The Bobcat sports media group is not leaving. Um, Patrick Pitts, who's apprentice mentor, friend, little brother. He's going to take that over after really being at every meeting, seeing how I run things. Matt McAuliffe will be joining you, Dan Ball, full-time as the new podcast host. He will. Um, You guys are great friends. I'm happy to see that. And for me, it's always, I want to leave a place better than when I found it. And I think in the realm of social media and athletic communications, I think I've done that here. I've opened up a lot of people's eyes to say we can do it a little bit differently. And I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunities to allow me to do that. And it's not easy to be 19, 20 years old and tell people, you know what, we could do it a different way. But they allowed me to do it and they believed in me. And it's been a crazy crazy couple days now really looking back and allowing this week to really sink in and I'll miss everybody here it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot a lot of different you know? yeah 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 it's a lot of different and very quickly a lot of different <laughs> yeah um well brosh I mean I met you my freshman year and the only the only part that I really knew you would you would sit on the side of the QBSN meetings and just kind of you chime in every once in a while with something to say and chirp people every once in a while but I didn't that was just kind of you were just kind of there um but very fortunately I've gotten the chance to know you both professionally and personally over the last 12 months or so. Um, I've tried to learn as much as I can from you. And I just, I appreciate the hell out of you for, for teaching me everything you can. And it's been an honor and a pleasure to be able to do this with you so far. And I wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate it, man. And I think that's the big thing for me. It was like, I was writing, you know, I'm going to put out pretty much a little blog on from the bleachers this week, just a little quick plug about my six years of working in the apartment, my favorite moments and memories and takeaways. And I think the big one for me will always be 
if you're not helping the kids that are working for you and working with you, then what are you doing in this job? Right. These student athletes, they're people first. Let's tell these people stories instead of let's tell these athletes stories. And then secondly, you know, let's help these kids help us every day of the week. And amazing people like you, that was, you know, just a PA announcer for us that's turned into a podcaster, content creator, and just makes my day. And that's what we're all about here. And should be fun. And I'm looking forward to see what's next. We're all kind of curious now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the journey never stops. So uh, when we come back next week, Matt McAuliffe uh, will be my new co-host. So he will join me at the beginning and end of every episode like Broche does, helping us recap everything that happened uh, the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. Uh, the Bobcat Sports Media Group is still going strong. Bobcats Weekly can still be found on Instagram twice a week, uh, Instagram TV. So make sure you follow Q Athletics for that. It's pretty strong. So everything's kind of cooking, but uh, we're losing one very valued member of the family. So again, thank you for everything, Broche. That's it for this week's episode of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, send us some questions. Make sure you follow all of the Twitter, Instagram, social media accounts for Quinnipiac Athletics. Go online to QuinnipiacBobcats.com. Read all the content. Get all your stats, updates, everything you need there. Broche, for the final time, if we want to keep up with your journey, where can we follow you? Um, Tyler underscore Broche. B-R-O-S-H. Should be an interesting couple of weeks. It should. You can follow me at Dan Ball, B-A-H-L, on everything. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week when Matt McAuliffe joins me. Thanks again, Broche. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click.